0: Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast Show with Mike and Alex. We thank you for joining us as we have a couple of beers and a cigar and talk about what's going on in our lives. Grab an adult beverage and a smoke and settle in with us. Please like, subscribe, and comment on each show so we can hear whether you agree or disagree with our take on things. Listen wherever your favorite podcasts are and at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right. Welcome back. Um, we were two weeks ago, we, Mike and I were talking about concerns about Ant with Anne County. We, I think we talked about the traffic. We talked about some additional developments that were going on. Uh, we talked about some rezoning issues. Uh, we talked about the parks and wrecks and how Anne County doesn't seem to be keeping up with other counties surrounding us, or maybe we're not getting what we're paying for. Um, and from that episode, we were fortunate enough to have a Councilwoman, Anne Arundel Councilwoman, Amanda Fiedler. She agreed to come on and talk to us, and we, we do know her uh, on a personal level as well, so that probably helped out. Not coming on with strangers, that's kind of nice. Um, so, Councilwoman Amanda Fiedler is here. We're just going to talk about some other things in the county. We'll touch on some of the issues we talked about before. And this is not going to be... Uh, NBC News Night. Here we're not we're not going for the hard kill. So this is just going to be some friends talking, and who knows? Maybe we'll find out some more information because Mike and I sure didn't know too many details. We just had a lot of a lot of wh- opinions. Yeah, what's like going most on? People don't don't know a whole lot, but have uh, a mouth and opinions. So Mike and I were on. F- we were Facebook. <laughs> we were the Facebook commenters at the time. Where, where's the, where's that noise? Yeah. <laughs> and some other things. But welcome, Amanda.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: I've got so many questions for you. So I wonder which one we should dive into first. Um, but you, you had talked about the, the traffic on 50. Yes. And you talked about how the there's that study that's being done by the state, right? Correct. And they're looking for either new places for a span across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge or adding to what was already there. Um, do you have any inkling as far as where they might decide or have they decided where they're going to put this thing?
1: So the preliminary decision was to go, um, in the same exact location as the current two spans, the NEPA study, which is required by the federal government for any major infrastructure project, um, is in its draft phase. And in that draft phase, um, the study has a needs and purpose statement and the needs and purpose statement is extremely narrow, focusing on getting people over the bridge. It doesn't really focus on getting people approaching the bridge on either side moving. Um, so I think it's flawed. It doesn't really focus on what the impacts of um, the Bay bridge traffic are on local communities. Um, they need to go back to the drawing board.
0: Yeah. Cause Mike and I were kind of talking And we were were saying in the last episode, um, there might be traffic studies that are done in this area. And if they don't do them on Thursdays and Fridays during (laughs) beach traffic months, they're not getting the full picture of it. So whereas the county or the state might say, oh no, these roads are fine for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday traffic. They might not be seeing the full picture as to the impact that Any backup or incident on fifty, what it does to the to the side roads, and we're talking on both sides of fifty, correct? So, like over on Whitehall Road or or down toward the Annapolis end, or even in the Arnold, then where you know anyone who lives here can will almost say, "Well, we we feel hostage to the traffic," because we know on Thursdays and Fridays, try and leave work early to get home at a reasonable hour, not even on time, and then two. Just avoid it altogether. Just right. don't leave your house prisoner right. in your own it's, home.
2: It's like people that live around FedEx Field on uh on game day. Like they know not to go places on Sunday when they're when the Reds or the Washington football team is at home. Right. And we kinda you know, the same thing falls in here and like one incident kinda cascades and you can almost see it like that one little thing happens and then boom, it's just cascading down the system. Route two's backed up. Right. It's all just yep. backed up. And I thought thought it was neat the, the second span or the additional span because, you know, there was rumors of it being down in Calvert County going across that side of the and like ending somewhere near I guess uh Cambridge is directly across the bridge there. Also and you know, another one adding a span to the current at the current location. Yep. How long does all that take? Like will we be alive to see any of it?
1: <laughs> we will be alive, we'll probably be in retirement homes um, <laughs> that that has been the ongoing joke from elected officials who are um more mature than myself. I will say that they're they're not going to be alive when the the span is built, so the reality is when we look at those studies, you get into this this pointing well that's not my road that's your road that's not my road that's your road so when the state looks at the bay bridge they're looking at route 50 they're not they're not really looking at the local jurisdiction corridors that are approaching they say that's your problem well our problem starts with your problem (laughs) so you get into this pointing fingers cycle that you know it becomes a bit bureaucratic
0: yeah and i kind of feel like i know there was talk about maybe putting a span over by middle river but i feel like If you put a span up by Middle River, people that are up that far north anyway are just going to go up and around. So they're not really coming down so much. I feel like it's a lot of the traffic from D.C. and Virginia. And, of course, you get the commuting traffic from Delaware anyway from people that live in Delaware and work in D.C. Um, But on a normal Monday through Wednesday, that Delaware traffic really isn't impacting it too much. It can flow pretty smoothly. It's a lot of that D.C., Virginia, maybe even West Virginia traffic a little bit that's heading over the bridge or people that don't know any better coming up 95 right. you know, it, from those areas. I feel like, though, if you put it in Calvert County, there's just not enough traffic from 301 to Route 4 to yeah, kind of that, bump over. That would be right. So yours. is any of this really going to impact us? I, I feel like, and this is going to be really, really... A lot of people are going to be pissed off in this area if I say this. I feel like the best option is to put a Delaware Memorial-style uh, bridge where it's four lanes on each side going over. Because right now you've got three and two. Correct. And almost if you had three and three, you could almost alleviate it. It was almost like when we were talking about the Severn Bridge. Everyone complained about the idea of adding, of, of narrowing the lanes and adding that fourth lane going over the Severn Bridge eastbound and they're oh it'll never work the, the lanes are gonna to be too small there's gonna to be too many accidents and lo and yep. behold it worked yeah yep. it actually and now the
2: backup just starts at the bay bridge rather than right. Right. but hey the, right. it used to be the seven river bridge that's true and as soon as you crossed over that hump you knew it. it was like off to the races again and now it 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 seems to be the bay bridge and then it was really bad last year when they had to shut that lane down on the one span right and i think friday what really the other day what really kind of messed it up was you had a couple accidents and then it was also raining so they couldn't go to two-way traffic on the other span so at that point now you're losing a lane you have an accident all the traffic has to go down into two lanes from from the from the existing uh four on 50 It was just a big it was just a, a a comedy of errors if you will so
1: absolutely i think to, to your point though i think in a perfect scenario no weather no traffic no police activity that would be a potential solution for the current traffic volume yep. but when you're talking about the um, projected increase in traffic although there's some disagreements over that projection um, and then you're talking about the only way for the tri-state area to get well the easiest way for the tri-state area to get to the Eastern shore. One incident can shut down both sides for hours.
0: Yeah. I'm not too. And again, this is not going to be a popular opinion. I'm not too worried about the days when there's just an accident. Mm -hmm. Those things happen. I mean, I remember one time it was a few years ago and I was coming home from, from DC at the time. And I believe it took me about three and a half hours to get home. It was a major accident. I get it. But it was one time in like 10 years. Right. right. I'm not so worried about when the accidents happen. Those are going to happen. It doesn't matter what bridge is going over there. And if an accident is shutting down the bridge, it's shutting down the bridge. It happens. Unfortunately for us in this area though, it's not just accidents. It is congestion. Right. And it's like Mike said, if it's raining, you're down to two lanes. You don't get that third lane on the Westbound span. Um, So that's why I do, I, I do feel like and. I don't know how you'd implement this without taking out the other two bridges and basically saying there's no crossing at all unless you go all the way up and come down, right? Because there's no space in the middle of the two bridges to put an ultra wide bridge. Can't do it. Correct. So the only other option is: Are you gonna add? Can you add on to the bridges that are there? I don't think you can. Or is there any way to build a three lane span going eastbound in between the two and then eventually take out the two la- two uh, lane span? So essentially what you'd end up with is you'd have the westbound span that is it currently is with the three lanes. Right. But then you'd have an eastbound span with three lanes. And they could probably put that up without having to take down the two-lane span immediately. You could leave it up and leave it functional. Right. But I don't even know if they've even looked into that part.
1: I don't think that they've gotten to the design plan yet. Mm-hmm. When when you look at the details of the study, it's really you know the environmental and – they're not drawing pictures of. Sure. I'm, I'm very familiar
0: with the, with the NEPA and
1: okay, environmental
0: historical preservation stuff. Yep. I'm very familiar with that. Um, it can take quite a long time. I understand that. However, at some point, the state needs to rip the band aid, get a plan, move forward with it. I mean, you could conceivably have a new bridge within six years, it would take probably two years just for the environmental study. And then probably another – I would say you could probably put up a bridge in under three years. So conceivably, if someone just – someone's got to have a governor or whoever has just got to say, all right, I'm going to take this fall. I'm going to take this one on the chin, but there will be a new bridge when I'm done, and people will love me after I'm out of office. Because whoever fixes this is going to be a hero in this, (laughs) at least in our little portion of the state. Yeah,
2: it's it's one of those things I think even people in – say western maryland are going to appreciate because they all use i mean you if you were to run the tags as they're going over the bridge you see them from all over the state mm-hmm. virginia dc west virginia pennsylvania yep it would definitely be a, a popular thing it's really a it's not just a regional thing as far as this region or a dmv thing it's really a, a mid-atlantic region issue because you definitely have trav people traveling from you know uh you know, anywhere within four hours of the bridge to get to Ocean City. I'm not an Ocean City guy. I don't go there. Oh, shame, m- shame. M- me, I, I don't go either. <laughs> Who I'm, are uh, you too? I don't go. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I grew my. I was born in Philadelphia. My parents were were Jersey Shore people, and then we got priced out of that. So <laughs> there's no Jersey Shore feel at Ocean City. So we go to the Outer Banks. That's just where we go now. But I do go. To, I living so close to it though it right. it does af- affect me and then it affects you know people who live on the the Ken on the eastern shore side they have to drive through it um, i worked with a dude that he would leave early he would burn leave every friday to just not have to sit in that traffic yep yeah. and um, and it's also going to be like development on the eastern shore as well because the more housing they build over on Kent Island and beyond you're going to have more people that are just regular commuters correct now i look at it as i live here so I should have special rights and privileges. <laughs> no one else right. seems to share right. that opinion. It's my world.
3: <laughs> Everyone bow down but to it, me.
2: But it does stink when you're, you know, when every, when every person out there sees, Waze tells them to get off on at, at Baydale or go down College Parkway. Right. And I'm just trying to get my hair cut at Cape. And, you know, then it's, oh, I can't do that now because all these people are trying to get to, you know, and you see it, Virginia, mm-hmm. Virginia, D.C., Pennsylvania, like the,
0: you're not local. Correct. <laughs> and, and the other, is it really saving them any time? What's, no. it, what's
1: it saving them, it's 15 not. minutes?
0: Because you're still going to, even if you get all the way up to the bridge, you're still going to sit there. And it's not like the, it's, the bridge, that traffic is never really at a standstill most of the time. Correct. You're moving a little bit. So by the time you get off, come down the side road, creep along on the side road because that's packed too. Right. Come back out to, to where the bridge is. Like, most of them go like down to Sandy Point, or they'll cut across to Whitehall or whatever. Yep. You haven't. You say, I'll give you maybe three to five minutes. Yeah. Now, and, and you've made everyone's life
3: right. along College
0: Parkway and Whitehall Road miserable for two days. Thank you. Get
2: off my roads. <laughs> but now yep. on the on the Kent Island side, they do have signs to say there was it fifty swiftest or something like that, yeah, 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 to encourage people to stay on because people try to do the same thing on Route Eight on the different side roads. And maybe that's something we can consider just as a thing to say, Hey, stay on 50. Like, you know, maybe they'll, some
0: people listen. Well, don't the County cops over there, like aren't, don't they block off some of the exits Is it County or state or MTA? It might be be transportation. I heard sometimes on the Eastern shore. Yeah. Sometimes they're blocking stuff off or they're Uh, looking for tags.
1: They may be. So in Anne Arundel County, a few years ago, there was um, a local community organization worked with the County and the state to try to turn vehicles around, um, but also put signs up. And they were slapped on the hand by the Federal Transit Administration that said it is illegal to do that. You cannot restrict ta- taxpayers from driving on tax-funded roads. <laughs>
0: that's, that's a common refrain on the Facebook community pages. I pay taxes. I can I can drive on any public road. Yeah, you can. But as we said in another episode, just because you can do something doesn't make you not a jerk. Right. <laughs> you're still a big old jerk and we don't like you. And I'm not advocating this, but maybe, you know, as you're driving down the road, maybe some teenagers in the area can, can shoot some pay <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, if you have an out-of-state plate and the kid decides to tag you with a couple airsoft pellets... <laughs> with 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 the yellow with the yellow paint in there
1: (laughs) well i will tell you i was stuck in that traffic too had a night full of commitments um decided to run our dog over to the vet for its booster shot and i don't know what i what came over me that i didn't look at the traffic on on the google (laughs) maps that i have so i'm stuck in traffic with a puppy who needs to go to the bathroom and i'm thinking gosh what what is going to happen on social media if somebody gets me a Gets a picture of their councilwoman and a median with a dog trying to go to the
0: bath. And, and you want to know what you do? They get they got your picture. They put it up there saying, "My, da- my dog had a pee. Sorry." <laughs> I'm stuck stay just off, like you. Stay off the roads. <laughs> Everybody else, I love the locals. Yeah. Stay off the roads. <laughs> got to get. You know what? It's going to be the the next the next uh, evolution of politician. <laughs> right. Just getting real with people. Be like, you know what? Shouldn't have been doing it. Get off my roads. Sorry. <laughs>
1: my dog's got to go. Yeah. Right. Hey, Listen,
0: it's either the dog or the car. Right. At the, at Listen, crash in the car. If,
1: if we can all agree on one thing.
0: <laughs> 10 out of 10 of us, that dog's out there peeing. Yes. The dog is not peeing in the car. Not one of us would do that. So <laughs> let, them, let them have their virtue signaling moment, if you will. <laughs>
1: I'll all note right. that for the future. <laughs> right.
0: Well, all right. Enough about the state road pampering us locals um let's talk about let's talk about local zoning
1: oh and, this is fun. and
0: local development because okay. it's a little bit time together yep. now i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna well i'm gonna mention something that's a recent development that could be happening but it's been happening for a while and it happened over on jones station road with that uh that neighborhood of townhomes that went in yes uh, it was behind the Hidden Leaf, Bright Leaf community, kind of like tucked back there. Um, there was the one off of Bell Reeve. Yes. That was kind of over by the office building. The the Kehuvnanian Four Seasons.
3: Yes.
1: Uh,
0: which my mother currently lives in. I want to say I'm not mad at people who buy them. Because if it's built and people buy them, that's what they're there for. I'm mad at... And I shouldn't say I'm mad at the developers because... You know, they're going to ask, and if someone doesn't say no, they're going to build. I get that. Right. But there's there's one off of Freshfield Lane over by the Providence Center. Now, there's already one that was built called the Enclave. Correct. I believe that same builder bought up three different plots of land, is essentially combining them into one to create a new 55 and older uh, multi-use residential area. I believe it's gonna add about twenty, twenty-eight uh either townhomes or single I think they're single family homes, fifty-five and older. So Correct. they get around the issue of broadneck elementary school being closed off because it's a closed school because they don't have any more capacity. Correct. That is one way for a community to say, we don't we can't allow building because of that because we don't have any more room to the schools, but the developers get around it by saying, Okay, well it's gonna be fifty five and older, so it won't add any more any more kids, so it won't impact that. Right. At each of these developments, and I know this happens in Severna Park, it probably happens in parts of Pasadena, there are vocal opponents to these things. Yes. And they go to the meetings. And I know me personally, when they were, when they were trying to do something, rezoning those three parcels on Freshfield, I believe they were mm-hmm. R1, 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 mm-hmm. and they got approval to go R5, I think. Is that what it was? it was? R5, or maybe they clumped them all together. They did something. There was a rezoning of it somehow to allow them to put more than one house on each plot of land. At most, there should have been three houses on those three plots. That's it. Some Somewhere along the line, zoning and planning approved a rezoning of that to allow them to do what they're doing. And they did it with that plot of land on Jones Station. And I believe they did it with some others. And I guess my question is this as a citizen, I don't, none of us can have any complaints when someone builds a single house on an R1 plot of land. I get that. It's what it's zoned for. Go ahead and do it. But when some developers come in, people with some deep pockets, and who knows where that, who knows who they're putting money into, what kitty they're putting money into. I believe Coke, when they built some homes, they gave some money to the county so they could add nine schoolrooms to the high school to get around that school being full in order to build their homes. So, obviously, the county does take money from somewhere to get around this. So, I guess my concern is this. There is a lot of vocal opposition to this Freshfields uh, new community. There is. There's been vocal opposition to other communities that have been built in the last five to ten years. At what point does zoning and planning tell these developers, no, obviously, there's enough citizens here who don't want this and maybe we need to listen to them right so at what point will that start to happen what has to happen in order to get development to stop in these areas so especially i'm sorry especially when the infrastructure can't handle it
1: right so that's a great question it's a question i get all the time so the way that office of planning and zoning makes decisions is is any proposed development commercial industrial residential or otherwise they have to go through an adequate public facilities study and that's our water our um, connection to fire hydrants for fire safety Um, that's our roads you have to go through a uh, traffic study Um, if you're more than i believe eight um, anything under eight is a minor subdivision Um, and you have to have school capacity those are the three metrics if you meet those metrics legally, the county cannot shut it down because it becomes, according to those in the legal field, oh, sorry, um, uh, uh, taking of land. So that particular property, it's funny, I've, I've been so familiar with that piece of land. I know the family from living here um, my entire life. Um, it I don't know when it was R1. I know... As long as I've been in my position and for the past few years, it's been R5, but what has changed is the definition of land use, um, which created some confusion during the recent um, general development plan, which is a whole other bag of, of worms, but that's the short answer legally the office of planning and zoning can't say no what they can do is say if you remember from when we were looking at the plans no you can't have this many houses because you're requesting so many modifications to have that many houses
0: what about things like road width i know with the enclave they made an exception to allow them to have a narrower road and still put the houses on and i believe they're doing the same thing with this community as well at what point i guess my at what point are the do they stop making exceptions and just say look this is what it is i mean it, and even even in the instance with the new development right they're li- they're combining three different plots of land to try to it's still it's going to be one community correct on three different plots of land why are they allowed to essentially combine these three plots and make one community it's kind of, it's, it's it's a little weird, I think, that they're allowing that. Where it should, yeah. I guess if it was R5, shouldn't it be three different communities that go in? Because three different plots of land zone R5. If it is zone R5, which I'm, I'm sure you're right.
1: Right. So I think it comes down to the transaction of sale and how the current owner sells it to the real estate agent or developer. I don't know who's at the table. Yeah. And they'll probably, because it is all one family, they'll probably do some kind of merger of of parcels um okay those are the nuanced details that don't come before the county council
0: (laughs) right and and that's what so just so most people know this is not something the council does at all correct it's done only in zoning and planning the issue is though none of us elect anyone in zoning and planning am i right that is correct they're just they're just career people in there making these decisions And, and look i get it Lawyers are probably dictating what they can say yes and no to, but it would, I, I guess, from the local citizens' mindset, it would be nice if the county said no and said, "Look, especially the roads just right. can't handle it." I mean, what, and and this comes down to when they're doing traffic studies, they're probably not looking at Thursdays and Fridays right. because this is what this is only going to add to the Thursday and Friday issue. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have no problems. Right. Thursday, Friday during beach week or beach weeks. We're we're screwed.
1: Can we sell the communities that you can only reside here Monday through Thursday? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, where
0: are those? <laughs> and what what then happens?
2: Like, because I know you know, and we we touched on this in the in our previous local episode. What so like when Levitt built Levittown in New York, Levittown outside of Philadelphia, when they built Buoy, Levitt went and built schools, roads, fire stations. Is there any provision that? you know like hey yeah you could build and the thing is like we all live here we live here because it's a nice place yep for the most part um, that's why I chose to, to move here because we, we love the area it was nice and a good place to raise a family so I, I appreciate the fact that other people want to do the same thing Right. but we don't want to do it to the point where next thing you know we look like Silver Spring or Wheaton or Fairfax or these places where you just cannot get anywhere um, at any point because the, the roadways just can't Accommodate all the traffic. Is there a way that we can say, "Hey, yeah, you could build this, but you have to make improvements to the affected roadways." Hey, the the you know fifty five and older. We touched on this before in the previous episode. Fifty five and older, the fire station is going to have you know with that demographic more ambulance calls, right? Is like who pays for that? You know, is is it is it or is there a way to say, "Yeah, you can do that," but you know, hey. We, this is these are the affected infrastructure and public services you know there should be more calls for police this and that you have you know the the developer would then have to um, try to help with that is there is there any provision for that like they did back in the 50s or yes, there
1: there are I they probably need to be updated. Um, there are impact fees that developers have to pay. Um, they go to impact fee districts though that don't align with the district that they're built in so there's been a lot of chatter about fixing that there was a bill introduced in 2019 but it ended up getting pulled um but yes they they are required if they fail a traffic study they have to bring the um the impacted roads up to a passing score which if you know a pass, a passing score is a d so oh. <laughs> I
2: would
0: have done great <laughs> in that class. C, C's get degrees. I'm, kids out there, please don't listen to Apparently, me. Apparently D's <laughs> get roads. Like like Mike, like Mike said in a previous podcast, this is called The Dumb Idea Podcast. Don't listen to us on life advice. That's not what we're here for. Um, what about, what about, and a, a two-part question. <laughs> um, what about before more building happens, what about uh, increasing capacity on College Parkway, at some because from Route Two all the way past the community college, it's two lanes on either side. You got a four lane road. Yep. Is there any way to continue that all the way down to Cape Saint Clair, or or is there just not the width the right of way? Yes. Was it right of way or width? I mean, because they're putting in that they're putting in the trail. The Correct. county is obviously doing that. They could go closer to the trail. Only a little bit. Right. And put in the extra lanes to do this, especially down that way, up closer to like Shore Acres. Is it more a right away thing or is it the space? There's just not enough space in order to widen it.
1: So it's interesting you ask that question. There is a heated debate. You may not even know it on the peninsula among residents on this very topic. Um, And the reason being is there are still in long term plans for College Parkway with, you know, that resides in the traffic department to expand um, to be two lanes from one end to the other. Um, But it has gotten pushback from community members who believe that it will encourage traffic and not a leave traffic but now we're we're in a (laughs) a little bit of a we're
0: laughing because it's already here (laughs) you
2: can't encourage what's already happening so that that's a legit argument that will encourage traffic that's almost as ridiculous as if we build more jails we're gonna that's gonna encourage crime like that doesn't make any sense at all but i digress i'm sorry you remember what we
0: talked about (laughs) We should have the person. Yes, there should be the one designated person that goes to these meetings, the county council meetings, or wherever these planning meetings are, just to stand up and tell the these other people with horrible ideas to get up and like, no, don't, none of you. Listen listen to this guy so I, I
1: have, the, jo- I have yeah. the job of listening yeah. to both sides and then trying <laughs> to figure out which which direction is the best to go but now we have the challenge of the right a good portion of the right away on the south side or I'm sorry the north side of mm-hmm. College Parkway has the bike trail right um, so I don't know if if that will ever come to fruition one idea that was also thrown out there that got heated debate was creating a gate system a center lane like mountain Road has.
0: Oh, because that helped. <laughs> if anyone has been down Mountain Road in Pasadena, it might have helped a little bit. But I can't imagine the people down there. Would I'm sure they would have rather just had two lanes on each side and been and been done with it. But I I digress. I mean,
1: if we if we can start to figure out how to use the zipper merge, that oh. that might help.
0: Yep. <laughs> he was just telling me about that. Then. He's like. <laughs> He goes. I like to merge late. I say because that's the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> zipper merges work people two lanes until the zipper merge, and then you go one. You basically alternate back and forth of who gets to go. Okay, everyone will get home quicker yes. if you just do it. Instead, everyone lines up in that right-hand lane oh. all the way back to halfway past the college. Yeah. Because- no, use both lanes. That's <laughs> yes. so what's there for.
1: I actually reached out to our traffic department and asked if they could put a zipper sign and they said apparently that one it doesn't exist within county standards as far as being able to use they were going to consider putting one of the um, the scrolling signs to explain what zippering is because it seems so foreign to drivers.
0: Couldn't they just put up a yellow sign that, that shows the zipper Isn't there like a common yellow traffic sign that shows zipper merge? Like, And everyone well, knows seen, what that means?
2: I've seen alternate merge. Sometimes that's what they call it. Sure. But, um, yeah, no one around here. It's like a foreign thing. Then you have the, the guy that likes to straddle
0: the lane. Oh, I'm trying to block, block that. people. Get out. Yes. that out! That dude needs to, you know what? Yeah. Go on the shoulder and park your car for a yeah. bit. Hothead. <laughs> people, people are going to use... They're literally using their cars like 5,000 pound missiles. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm going to use this and block people because they're trying to get ahead of me. No, they're trying to use the road the way it's intended for use. Let them by. <laughs> but it, it would be a shame if, if you know,
2: that bike trail is too close and it they widen the road. Because I like that bike trail. Me too. Fact, I'd love it to go to be completed on the other side and make it to. Because, like, now I can ride to Cape St. Clair and go to go to Rita's
0: and get fatter. Like I should have just stayed home. Listen, you, you, you see me smiling. You want to know why? Because you just so, drive to Rita's well, that too. But someone already mentioned when that bike path was being put in, of course the naysayers were out on that too. Even like no one will use it. A lot of people use it. Well, if you put it there, what happens when a car swerves off the road and jumps up and lands on someone? They, that was an actual comment on Facebook. That was a concern. Oh,
1: I didn't see that one. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of people missed that. No. It, the person was worried that a this car being that far away from the it, was gonna dukes a hazard flip it and land yeah. like she didn't even say run into it. She said land on them. So this she meant the car was gonna go up in the air, flip on its roof, oh. and, and just land on somebody. That okay. was their actual concern. Like Daytona. Those are the people that we don't need speaking.
1: <laughs> we I don't think I've ever seen traffic move fast enough on College Parkway. I mean, it'll go fast. Even, <laughs> it's if it's not, not that
0: fast. even if it's going 50 or let's say, you know, some speed and going 60. It, all of the magical things that would have to come together in order for someone to get air with their 6,000 pound car.
3: Right.
0: Flip it. And then have enough speed and momentum to make it all the way to that bike trail and land on somebody would be amazing. That yeah, ter- turn the TV off.
1: <laughs> well, right. typically when there's a, there are typically audio cues when an accident is starting yeah. on its trajectory for where it's going to end up. And yeah. it's funny, along those, um, along that shoulder, there's actually berms and crafty names for engineering and such that I don't understand, but there there are unnoticed ways to slow down anything should it be coming on or trying to go off the bike trail.
0: I'm just I'm gonna go ahead and say that any even if there's a an accident or some kind of incident I'm going to say with almost 100%—actually, I'm going to say 100% certainty. I'm never 100% certain anything. No one is going to flip and land on somebody on that on that thing. Yeah, this is not happening.
2: An anomaly. I think the only thing that—you yeah. stand a higher chance of having a, a a piece of an airplane go to BWI, fall off, and hit you on the trail than you would have a car flipping over and going airborne and landing. I just— craziness we, we right? have
0: we have more of a shot of a plane crash landing into our houses because we're somewhat in a flight path which i love by the way i, I love it i don't mind it i like it. i love it that
2: annoys flight it. Path? i love, annoys a super I love
0: airplanes me. so
2: you
1: might be the only one
2: <laughs> in fact i'd be the guy that would go it to the public
0: commenting like no push him in lower i want him lower <laughs> that- i want to be able to see the rivets <laughs> For, like i don't want them down that because i don't like them when they shake the house type I, of thing uh, cool. like I, I don't want them doing blue angel stuff by my house but even better but the first time like I, when i moved here like 20 something years ago i was working from home one day and one of the blue angels buzzed my house it, it like, scared the crap out of me
3: yeah it was like, the sound of
2: freedom
0: absolutely. it was it was <laughs> listen look i was proud America. that it was ha- i was proud it was happening i was but if you're not if you're new here and you're not expecting it on that day at that time, the noise will, it, you know. Oh yeah. Bodily functions might happen, and it might not <laughs> be pretty. But I'd say with the jet engines though, like the the big jumbo jets and whatnot, I don't know what it is about the noise. It, it's very soothing to me. Well, and generally when they're coming yeah. low here, they're landing. Yeah.
2: So they're they're not running. It's no, I get it if you live on the departure end. By the time if, – if they have the run, if they're d- departing, heading south at BWI, they're loud, but they're already up at 10,000 feet, so they're not really making a lot of noise. When they're over here low, the engines aren't screaming because they're just – they're not trying to gain altitude. They're just cruising, you know, coming into land, so um, – it's, it's never woken up. I'd even chance. be happy if they were just getting it just, just – Pour it on the coals. It's
1: it's funny how different, you know, in just one district, the noise level can be. If you go into Severna Park right behind the coals area, that community, they've recently experienced a change in the flight pattern. So I've been hearing from folks that are like, our our ceilings are rattling.
2: And a a lot of that has to do with the the FAA switched over to a new uh, sub-GPS based landing systems and the way they're routing traffic to make it more efficient for for um, you know, because the, the shorter time the aircraft is in the air, less fuel it burns. So if right. you have it flying these crazy patterns to avoid things, you're in the air longer. You're burning more fuel at a lower altitude too. You're burning more fuel. So if you can kind of just line them up and have them just descend straight in, it kind of makes it it's more efficient for the for well, the jets. Well, don't they land into the wind? Yeah, they all. Yeah, that's why the when the when it's warm and the winds out of the south, that's yeah. why they're taking off over us because the winds are out of the south we're south of the
0: airport
1: i had no idea you were aviation yeah. experts too oh, he, he is, is. he oh. is I, oh.
0: a, I, only, I only know like two or three things okay. I, I, you've yeah. got all my knowledge out there already <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: get me started it, it could be a, how much time do you have <laughs> if you want to know we'll talk
0: about it but <laughs> I'm, I'm more of the train fanatic i love trains okay i love am i love amtrak like if i have to go up to new york city for anything i'll i'll take amtrak all day I love it.
1: If only we could get a train to Ocean City, right?
0: Hey. <laughs> then there used to be one?
1: Once Upon a Time, Yeah.
2: Yes. Well,
0: there was a ferry at one time.
2: You take the ferry from uh, from Sandy Point to Mattapique.
1: Yeah.
2: Ah. Yeah. I did some nerd, nerded out on that a little bit, looking at the Bay Bridge. Do you think that still would be a viable option? A People ferry? have actually pitched it, but a ferry, like, even if it was a large ferry. Yeah. How many cars is it carrying? in the line for that
0: could it be a hundred? It could be more than that. I mean, the, they but have some but even but but even so, even I me, mean, if you just took a hundred cars off the road, wouldn't that just alleviate the traffic on the from the bridge? Like that's, that's all you are trying to do. You are just trying to yeah. get traffic off the bridge a little bit. I would choose to go that way. That's how I'd go the
2: ferry. Yeah. So look, I, <laughs> Like I, this takes two hours longer. Nope, we're taking the ferry. <laughs> so,
0: so we go up to Martha's Vineyard sometimes um, to go see my aunt who lives up there, and we take the ferry, and the ferry. Man, it's great. Like, you get on. We don't even take the car. We park the car and we, we take the ferry. It's a 25-minute ride, maybe 30.
3: Okay.
0: But it's very enjoyable. It costs $8, hmm. per, $8 per person. A little snack bar. We get the kids a little snack. They eat, like, some pretzels or something. And they go out in the front of the bow and they're loving the... It's an experience. It's, it's a nice little way to get from one end to the other.
3: Right.
0: Um, Kate May and Lewis do it. I keep threatening to do that. But, what, uh, the May Lewis one? It, yeah, To when well, we get up to New
2: York, but it would yeah. add hours. To hours, tr- yeah, hours, hours. Completely out of the way.
1: <laughs> but you got on a ferry.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm such an airplane nerd. I once took this one flight that took me through Philadelphia and all this craziness so I could collect two types of aircraft I hadn't been on, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it runs deep and bad over here.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there is a BWI round roundtable that has volunteers appointed. So if you're ever interested, just let me know.
0: There we go. Look, the eyes lit up. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, I'm the, excited the Twinkle now. came
2: back. Christmas morning right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, push him in. Everyone will hate me. I'm like, lower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see. So what, what else have we talked about in the other podcast? Um, we talked about the parks. Yes. And this is definitely not going to be in your alley. But as another resident with children that play sports, um, Mike and I were talking about how the baseball and softball fields in this area are just awful. Weeds, yep. Hard clay. Like, I don't know if it's clay. I don't know what it is. We even went, but like we went out to Severn like, for softball. Okay. And I can't remember the name of the park, but it's over by Quarterfield Road. Um, it's like a two-name park, uh, Gansler maybe. The Chancellor Park—I don't remember. But anyway, the Severn Athletic Club, whatever uses it, they have their own softball teams, baseball teams, and it was beautiful. the 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 softball fields had nice dugouts. Okay. Nice fencing. Yep. Um, grass looked like grass, not like weeds. Um, <laughs> like w- when people come to where we play over at um, what is that? Uh, Belvedere Elementary School. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yes. And I want... It's it's all weeds. Yep. There's just grass growing in the middle of the infield. And we even had a dad who came out with a tractor. with until He tilled two fields up.
1: With his own tractor. With his own
0: tractor. On yep. his own dime. Guy yelled at for it. Did it again anyway. You know, for the kids. Right. And it's one of those things you ask for forgiveness, not for permission. And... The fields were that much better, but even by the end of the season, they were just back to being awful again. And we had talked about whether it was um, these athletic associations' responsibility to handle these fields. And the county's like, look, it's a county league, but these individual groups are the ones that run the teams. And the county essentially does but the scheduling. Or maybe there's like a council of teams that does the scheduling for everybody. Yep. But essentially the county's like, we'll let you use the fields. You get first priority on the fields, but you have to maintain them. So maybe is it up to the individual associations like Broadneck Baseball Softball has got to do a better job of doing that. And maybe the Severn guy, the Severn people just do a better job. Because up at Odenton, they've got Gork Park. Now, right. and the other thing I was wondering, they use parks, whereas mm-hmm. we use a school. So where maybe the the county schools are more responsible for these fields and maybe not the county, I don't really know what the dynamic is with that. Um, I do know as the kids get older, they'll go over to Arnold Park, I think, yes. where the fields are, from what I can tell, they're nicer over there. Yeah, they have the, the, the well, the two, the softball field over there is really
2: nice at Arnold Park. Yeah. yeah. And then they have their 90-foot diamond, like the big field that's nicer than they have another one i think you could play either at 60 or 90 over there too it's it's nicer i don't know whether it's because it's older kids and more dedicated and then the kids can actually help out you know because like when you're talking nine u baseball
3: right.
2: the kids aren't dragging the field but <laughs> at 14 you hey drag to field yeah. like right. they drag it between you know at the you know at the fifth inning they'll drag it right um Whereas like I coached uh machine pitch and I had to do it. Now I'm an idiot. I don't know how to like I don't know anything about these tractors and stuff so, like I'm trying to start this stupid thing and I get it out like I'm hitting things. Like it's bad. There's yep. eight, there's eight
0: livers on that thing, by the way. Oh yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's the, like, on the trike? Yeah. There's
2: like so many I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, is. What what is this? Like it's a bulldozer? Like I don't know what this thing is. So I'm trying and then the guy's like, No, don't use that. Use the other thing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But in any case Maybe that's the reason because you got more <laughs> like me doing it. But um and the the people that are you know, the the coaches and stuff, they all like we had to stripe the fields and, and do all of it, which is fine. Yeah. You you know it when you sign up for it. It's not like, you know, you they okie doke you. They tell you like you're responsible for doing the field and a lot of the dads come out and help, the moms come out and help. Um and we had fun with it, but it's it's definitely a uh you know, it when you go to other parks, like yep. if you go to like in Prince George's County it's all Um, Park and Planning Commission owns most of those things, and they're they have have a a very large staff and a big budget. Yes, and um, I guess we're not we don't have that here because it's you know I haven't seen
0: Maryland Park Police out here before. So even the (laughs) park even the parks we pay for, so like Kinder Farm Downs, Quiet Waters, Mm -hmm. right? Um, we went over to Downs not too long ago, and they had just put in a brand new playground. Yep. I'm going to be blunt here.
1: Okay.
0: It's an embarrassment for how small it is. For that big of a park.
1: I haven't seen it, so you'll have to.
0: So you got maybe six sets of swings. Okay. You have one tall structure that kids can climb in. And then there's like another one for little kids. And then you got a whole bunch of ground level toys or, okay. or things to play on. You go over to Watkins Park in Prince George's County. Yep. It's massive. It's massive. It's massive. It can hold a lot more kids. So like we went over to Downs because we want to check out the new playground. Right. And we're like, okay, this one should be good. It's one of the paid parks. We pay for this. Not a lot, but we, for that Kinder Farm and and Quiet Waters, we pay people in this county have to pay to go. It's not a county benefit anymore. It was nowhere near what it should have been, in my opinion at least. Now, that being said, I'm not sure. Other than Kinder Farm Park, but Kinder Farm Park has a partnership with, I believe, 4-H for those animals. Yes. Right? So that's a partnership.
1: And Friends of Kinder.
0: Yes. And you've also got the playground over there, which is a good size. But again, mm-hmm. nothing compared to Watkins Park in PG County. Um, But like Mike said, it's a different dynamic there as far as who's paying or what's paying, being paid for. I get that. Right. But is that something – if we want to see – Better parks. Now, is it something where Anne Arundel County it's more focused on waters and water and beaches? Because we do get that at Downs, we do get that we in Sandy Points a State Park. But uh, at Downs, there's a, a nice water. There's a beach there where people can go. Right. Um, I'm not saying it's not a nice park, but it's definitely more focused on walkways, um, water features, but not necessarily on parks and playgrounds for kids. Right. Yep. And even like so, and you talk about like the, the Broadneck Park. A lot of fields there. They've got that yes. one small playground. Yes. It's like, come on. This is. Granted, we're not paying for that park. It's a county run park, but we have this, the little. And I remember when the pirate ship went in, everyone loved it, right? Everyone. Yes. But then everyone found out that when everyone went to it, it really wasn't that big after all. Right. And so it got overcrowded, and then people just stopped going. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's one of those things where I wish and i know these things cost a lot of money so it's like is it something maybe does can the county put more money toward that the parks and rec to like expand the playgrounds for kids or is it just something where there really isn't that much interest in it there's annular county has different interests and and large playgrounds for kids just isn't one of them
1: i think it's probably a combination of things i mean i wish i could have a uh, park and rec staff here but I do know prior to, I want to say, to, well, right around the time that the, the economy crashed and governments had to get creative with how to save money.
3: Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, at that time, I think, and this was before my time, before I was even paying attention to what was happening in local government. Um, there was this, this idea that rec and parks was just a luxury. So they were the last to get. Right. Kind of their funding back up to snuff and still it was lagging behind. But yeah, there has been more of a trail focus um in Anne Arundel County and water access. But having young kids, I would agree that, you know, if any of those named parks had an um a fluctuation of children in any given day it does get quite crowded. Interestingly enough, we do have a um, Recreation and Parks Town Hall coming up hmm. where you can share your priorities. <laughs> Sounds maybe like I, it's right up your alley. Maybe
2: I will. So Although you, I, you can do it. the Recreation and Parks and right. I need to get on that
0: airport thing. Right. <laughs> I
3: just, you know,
1: I really came here tonight to give you guys opportunities. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: you were here recruiting for positions that nobody else wants. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and it's funny uh, uh, talking about the, the baseball fields or the ball fields because they can be used for a variety of sports. A few years ago, um, the Broadneck Baseball organization was under different leadership, and I actually just came to learn all of this in probably the last year. Uh, when new leadership took over so apparently the previous leadership for that club had said no thank you to the county for maintaining the the grass and the the diamonds mm. so it was the new leadership that came on that reached out to the county and said we our volunteers can't possibly do all this so it was the the area ball fields were getting worked back into the system at the encouragement of the new leadership and then covid hit so everything countywide, I, as you know, our county was shut down for an extensive period of time. We're still trying to get employees out to the long list of places they need to go.
0: <laughs> well, would, they, would they even go to the schools, though? Or is that, is that a schools thing, or is that a parks thing?
1: The Belvedere fields are um, maintained by Rec and Parks. Are they? Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, so I guess wherever the line is,
0: they they just... Ignore it. And and don't go look at it at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've heard so many complaints on that and that field. There, where, there's one diamond that holds water after storms that and doesn't drain. And... Oh yeah,
0: that was on the uh, the baseball field. Yeah, right?
2: yeah, where my oldest played. Like, no, he hits left, so he was he was good. <laughs> but if you're a right-handed hitter, which most kids are, right. <laughs> like you're you're standing in a, in a hole, and if it if you get good rain on on Wednesday chances are you're not playing Saturday because it just... Now, one of the dads went out there and and took that three-wheeled contraption and really went after it. So he knew he did, how to
1: work the levers. Yeah. He, <laughs> right.
2: he did a pretty good job, and he was out with a shovel, like, moving dirt around, and I'm just sitting there like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, so i I said, I don't know enough about this to help you. But I, I encourage you, dude, keep it up. I'm going <laughs> to so. cheer. I'm
0: surprised that's the field
2: that holds water, though, because it's not the lowest field. Yeah, now... Over at Arnold, the field that really
0: gets it bad is the T-ball field. Oh, you the mean, outfield's like a swamp. I call that one Minute Maid Park. Yeah. Because the outfield, <laughs> like if the Minute Maid Park in Houston, the Major League Baseball Park for the Astros, yep. in center field, there's the warning track, and then there's like the incline. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it, it's like, so if a center fielder is going and he runs past the warning track, there's no wall yet. You have to run up a hill to go make the catch before you get to the wall. <laughs> we have one over at Arnold Park. We're like, nice. you, I think, except it goes down and then
2: back and then up, back up. Yeah. and
0: then there's the fence.
3: Oh. Like, it's a which little, is which it's is little the little outfield
2: fence for the, because the T-ball, they, they don't need a fence, but it's the, out, the outfield fence for the adjacent field is what you... Okay. Oh, is that what that... Into? Okay. Yeah.
0: I, like, I just thought it was, just, I'm like, who did this? Like, yeah. why would you make this in the outfield of a T-ball field? But I, I guess you're right. No one playing T-ball is hitting the ball that far anyway. But I'm like, wow, it reminds me of Minute Maid Park.
1: <laughs> right here in Arnold, Maryland.
0: Yeah. And we're, tra- we're training them to go play for the Astros. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Yeah. But uh,
2: another th- we spoke about this, um, a little bit of a departure from the parks, is uh, we spoke about this right before we started. The trash day. Ah,
1: trash. <laughs>
2: is, is there any chance of going back to two days a week trash? There's and, always a chance. <laughs> how much of a stink do that's I have a no. to make? That's a no, by the way. I, we, all, that's what we heard. No. Right. There is right. no chance. <laughs> so, because, and, you know, like we talked about, like I like to eat crabs in the summer. Yes. And our trash day here is Friday. If I eat crabs on Saturday those crabs are sitting out there for a minute before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one of those things I remember when we first moved here, we had it twice a week. Mm-hmm. And then I guess under all that austerity stuff yep. that was going around probably when the parks got hit and everyone got hit um, with, with furloughs and all. And it was a, but now property values are back up. We, you know, what happened to those services? It's almost like once it goes away, it never comes back.
0: Yeah. Property um, taxes are going back up. Maybe we can use a little bit of that for the second trash day. Or another back.
3: trash yeah. day. Yeah.
2: Like I, I would actually pay 20 bucks more a month or 50 or whatever to have second Shh,
1: trash day. No, I no, would. No. That's, that's my no. own personal opinion. I agree with you, but don't tell them that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want the property taxes going back up again.
1: <laughs> so it's interesting this, that you're asking this question now because right now people are having a hard time getting even their one-day trash wow. picked up. Um, that's a common uh complaint and interestingly enough um the major um company that we uh contract with that the county contracts with actually lost a court case for some illegal um dumping and so <laughs> Great. they were fined quite a hefty number so um i would imagine that there's probably some issues with getting trucks out but the uh Administration is working on changing uh, carriers or providers, but yeah, I mean land, land or yard waste, I should say, has been sitting out there for weeks, in some folks wow. home. Because
2: and- I, I found the the county's been really responsive when a couple times where I've had issues, you know, something didn't get picked up, right? Um, and I call them, and they like some dude drives out with a pickup truck and takes care. of it. One time, yes. a, a truck, a big bag of trash dumped there, it was all over the road, and this dude comes out with a shovel and I. He was the guy I spoke to on the phone. You know, yep. the supervisor yeah. came out. So they're, you know, it was very they're very responsive when that sort of thing happens, which is which is great. Um, it's just I man, I miss second trash day. Uh, so. I <laughs> bet
1: the waste management staff misses it. Too.
0: So, speaking with that uh, Arundel three one one app, and I think it goes to C Click Fix or whatever yes. the website. I've used that like twice. They're very responsive. the mm-hmm. county The county is very responsive to that. So if if you do have any issues as far as I mean, I I, I reported my sidewalk. Uh, you can you report trash. I mean, people report things, all various types of things, and they are very responsive to that app. Yep, potholes. Uh, yeah, you don't have to wait on hold. Nobody's telling you oh, let me let me get back to you on that. Nope, you sent off the request in that three Arundel three one one app, um, and. They're very responsive to that, so i'll give the- i'm going to give the county a ton of credit on that they when you put in a request, they're on top of it yeah now my my sidewalk's not fixed yet though it's been like <laughs> it's been like forty five days <laughs> like hey Ben, but i they've got to get the they contract out the sidewalk work when it's this extensive, yeah, because they've got to cut up some tree roots and stuff like that, and apparently that's backlogged for a while, so they just did yes. it with bay Hills, so apparently we're we're kind of we're close to next on the list so
2: now, have, have any county contractors had problems hiring people? You know, like I know a lot of businesses right now um, are screaming for people, especially in the service industry. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if the if the trash removal people might be in the same boat where, where they're having trouble getting people because they're getting paid to stay home, um, replacing workers. So is that something that you've heard of or seen or
1: I haven't heard as much of that. In the in the beginning, it was, you know, there would be a sanitary waste, uh, like a staff. They work in crews. One was, you know, had gotten sick and tested positive. So then the whole crew was out
3: yeah. because they had
1: to quarantine. So it was more of that. Um, I will say that county staff is just now getting back into buildings. Um, that was a recent... Um, improvement, which I think is going to get everything back on track because it's been like slugs. Yeah.
2: Well, I think uh, I think a lot of people working from home kind of treated it like vacation time, you know, trying to get things done. And uh, I know at my job trying to get things done was because we had people that were in and out and trying to get them, the people that were out to get things done, like, oh, we're not doing that. We're not in the office. Well, this needs to get done regardless right. of what's going on. So, and I guess when you talk about county employees, they're not going to Leave their job, you know. It's it's harder right. to get hired by a government entity than it is by a, in the private sector. So once you get in, you're not going to just not come back.
1: Right, and then you have you know we're still as at least as far as I've seen in different offices working a lot on paper. Mm-hmm. So. With the, with the buildings being closed and limiting people, you would have people rotating in. You know, um, inspections and permits would only have one or two people in an office of 20 that could actually go in and touch the files, and then you're kind of left to your own devices at your home for whatever you have on your computer. If you had a computer, that wasn't, you know, some employees I don't even think had computers that could connect yeah. to this. I mean, it was just when you're forced to, to go into the technology world, you do it. Um, but I don't think that had, had it not been for COVID, I don't think we would have technology where it is today in the county. Yeah.
2: No, I think some people were definitely like, if they weren't computer savvy, they either got computer or just fell off. Like they just sunk.
3: Yes.
0: So I'll be honest with you. So we, we, about seven, eight years ago, we kind of made that huge transition and it was because that we knew our, our lease was going to be up and our landlord wasn't going to renew it. And we were going to have to move into another building.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But the new building only had capacity for about 75 to 80% of the workforce. But that didn't mean we had 75 or 80% of the work. So they right. said, look, we can't let any of you go. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to modernize all of our equipment for your personal use. Instead of desktops, you're getting laptops. And you're going to get a personal phone. Right. That you can use as a mobile hotspot so that you will always have internet no matter where you go. Even home. So being home didn't mean that you couldn't work. Right. All right. And then what they did was, so they had about three years to implement this. They got the laptops and the phones almost right away. Then they updated the systems that we used. Okay. So then everything, all the systems of record were online systems. Paper was no was no longer a system, of uh, was uh, the, the system of record anymore. So then, excuse me, and then um, they started phasing it in. So it's like, okay, if you can telework, if you're in a job that can telework, one day a week you're going to telework. Or I'm sorry, one day every two weeks you're going to telework to get used to it. And you're going to let us know what the problems are. Okay, good enough. Six months goes by. Now it's once a week. Okay. Another six months go by. Two days per week other six months to a year go by, three days a week. Then we move. Right. If you can telework full time, you are now teleworking full time. And if you need to come in, you have no assigned seat. You just find a place and plug your Ethernet cable into your laptop. Right. That's it. There are no more assigned seatings, no more offices, no more nothing. The only people that got offices were senior leadership. That was it. And so you'd walk in, you'd open the door to this to office. Right. You can see clear across. It's windows to the right of you. Windows all the way down the hall, all the way down to the left of you, and uh, windows all in front of you. Okay. And all it was high boy tables, and a, like maybe six or seven cubicles for uh, ADA compliance. So certain people could have their specific cubicle to accommodate their needs. Right. Everyone else was at a high boy table. That's it, and that was it. I mean they it was essentially a five year rip the band moment when right. and we've actually hired more people since then. They've reduced our space even more. And so more and more people. Okay, if you can telework, you're gonna telework. Yep. And you've gotta be okay with this. So we had some older people that they just they had to get used to it or they had to go find another job. And it wasn't like a push push you out the door kind of thing they relied a lot on the younger workforce that we had to help train the older workforce okay so it was like you have pa- you have the patience help your coworker out and it was one of those things where like it was it was like a veiled thing where like or you're going to have to do their work for them right. you know <laughs> like, all right yeah. i'll i'll teach larry how to do this <laughs> don't give me more work but it eventually in the end it worked out right um but I think once COVID kind of hit, I think it started letting people realize that it's not the workforce that's the issue with telework anymore. No, don't get me wrong. The, the theory is if someone is a bad worker in the office, they'll be a bad worker at home. Right. If someone's a bad worker at home, they would have been a bad worker in the office. That's that's. But that's always everyone's like reservation, like as a manager, as a leader, you're like, I can't see my workforce working, so I'm afraid to let them work from home. Right. That was it's never the case, though if you have good employees they will work good from home or wherever and i think that kind of got forced upon a lot of people that were hesitant about implementing it right but that doesn't mean the systems in the workforce were ready for it like the online systems like all of our systems are web based portals so we can i can go to a url i can log into the system and i'm in okay and we're we're tunneled in with a vpn everything's secure and connected so i mean they they took the appropriate measures to make it um Make it a viable option. Yep. But I think I think COVID kind of forced that on a lot of employers that weren't ready for it. Oh, but I, I think after a year of it, they're like, "Okay, we can do this. We're, and, we're good."
1: And I would, I think that's the case across the private sector and so many different industries. And you know how fast the government sector works when compared to the private sector. Moving right. so. at right. the
0: speed of government, yep.
1: we, we <laughs> might see that in five to ten years. It's coming though. <laughs>
0: it's coming. But a lot of it, a lot of it's, it. It's the reluctance to put money into it, because yep. especially if you have citizens that are looking at the budget line item by line item, well, what do you mean you need a new computer system? What's wrong with the old one? No, no, it's modernization. It's to make things more efficient. Yep. And go, go ahead with the times. I mean, it, you can't be using your paper system from 25 years ago in, a, in an environment like today. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't work.
1: It's funny you say that. So the the chambers—that's where the council meets, and we have our legislative um, discussions. In a non-COVID time, we're going to get back there, but it's actually under construction right now. And this was a long-term plan, um, but wasn't able to—they weren't able to easily. do the construction because we were always meeting. So COVID takes place, and now they can take all the revenue and, and the funding that they had put aside. So we would go into meetings with binders, huge binders, with tons of tabs. Every bill had a tab. And you're flipping through this, and then you have a pile of amendments all on paper, color-coded. I mean, And you don't have – there's seven of us sitting up there, and we have our legislative council and our auditor – I didn't have enough space to get all of the paper in front of me at the appropriate time. So it was kind of a hodgepodge mess. But now we're we're going to have an actual screen, a monitor. We're going to be able to type. There's going to be um, a monitor in chambers so that people can see um, displays of what we're, we're looking at. Um, so we're getting there. I think it's going to take a longer time for the rest of county and state government to get there. But this certainly set the... The pace or the standard. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, the schools had to get there fast. They
1: had to get there fast. Yeah. Never and, did I think right. I'd see kindergartners walking around with laptops. Oh no! Right. When,
2: and I, got one, I had one in my house. Yeah. Yeah. And and to watch the things that that my kindergartner can do on that thing, and I'm like, like he's better at it than his mother is. Yep. I'm like look at the, like and and lo- and my my uh, my oldest, he's buzzing around. And I'm like, you guys are good. Not as good as dad, but you're good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but no, the, the stuff that they're doing with it. Uh, it's it's really cool the fact that they've gotten to it and I'm like, well maybe this ends snow days. Give them all laptops. The snow day go virtual. Snow days uh, should never end, man. So no, snow,
3: don't, snow don't, days don't are take awesome for the kids. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love and we had some decent ones um, we did. this this uh, this winter, but you know it's it's one of the things with with uh, it'll be neat to see what the schools do next next and you know as you are a former PTA president, um, it'll be neat to see what they do. Next year, yeah. the school and the the county council has very little to do with that. Correct? That's the school board.
1: Well, to some degree, I mean, we it's in the budget. Okay. Um, but what was unique about this year? I think it was always the plan. If you watch the Board of Education meetings, it was always the plan at some point in the future for a certain group of children, probably high school, maybe some middle school, to have Chromebooks. But then when they all needed them, it was K through 12 and it was all funded with CARES money. Okay. So prior to that being on the PTO, we would have you know, elaborate fundraisers to raise enough money to get a Chromebook cart of 30 Mm -hmm. for one grade level to share. And they would roll the cart from class to class. Yeah. That was just two years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's wild to think that now that they all have them. And then, you know, I had to call, you know, before they went back hybrid, well, now they're back for the full four days and, you know, having to call, the help desk to troubleshoot my oldest computer yeah. problem like yeah. and then i have, then i'd have to go and call the help desk to troubleshoot mine because there's
0: something wrong with mine I'm like what are we right. doing here like this is just bizarre world it was, it was funny you mentioned the cares act because i felt like that was i'm not a big fan of the federal government getting involved with local education but i thought that was one instance it, it was forced don't get me wrong they had to do something yeah. or someone had to do something and i think that was it was a very hands-off approach to say Here's the money. get all your kids Chromebooks for this purpose. right. But I think the Chromebooks at the end of the day are a very useful tool mm-hmm. that these kids will end up using quite a bit. And so I, I think the federal government actually did something good there where they kind of they still stayed a little bit hands off, right But they said, here's the money. Do this with it, and then use them how you want. Use the software you want, implement it how you want. But you have the technology to do it now, and I thought that was really good of them. I thought that was a nice way for them to get involved without being in the weeds of it all. Right. And I felt like that was more of a role of a federal government than some other things. Yep. That I just felt like this was a good way for them to do to to help without injecting themselves.
1: Right. Micromanaging. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, again, though, more out of need than anything. So I'm trying to think. Do we have any other things or we can always we can always ask you about the budget.
1: <laughs> That's that is a a fine thing to talk about too. We so, just we it was just passed this week.
0: So of course, I try and stay off Facebook, but I I do read some comments, <laughs> and everyone's hemming and hawing about a party line vote. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe it's party line vote. It was four to three Democrats versus Republicans. Uh, it passed, it it, did. of course. Um, but of course, the talking points, though, were I can't believe these people are against teachers because this budget it did fully fund teachers back to full steps for ones that had to skip steps during the the two thousand eight two thousand nine economic collapse. Correct. Right. Everyone had to take a uh, take a haircut. Teachers and and school workers took a haircut on that. Lost some steps a couple times and. The past couple of years, they've been doing makeup steps, and the county the, the 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 budgets have been passed for that. And these people online are equating the no votes to they don't support teachers. Yeah. But they didn't look at the entire budget and see how bloated it was. And even if you were for and and the teacher and, and the school budget is half of the county budget, correct?
1: Correct, about half. Yeah.
0: But if you don't like the other half. Or think the a portion of the other half is is too exorbitant. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I read a, a an op ed from Nick Kipke that said that the general standard was to use the affordability commission's increase of wages in the county, and they said it was two percent. But that took into a, it took into consideration the additional COVID money for unemployment. I believe mm-hmm. so. He said the real the real increase was probably close to like one to one and a half percent, but this year's budget increased over last year's by like nine and a half percent. So it was like adding an additional 7% to the, to the County budget. And that affordability commission has been used for years as the benchmark as to how, how much the County budget should increase. Right. And so he was saying, look, if if the increase was only two percent and included all the all the uh increases or get the teachers back to where they should the three of you probably would have voted for it but because it outstripped that that bipartisan commission's standard that was why the reason for the no vote and that's something i can understand
1: yep so it's it's 45-day process that the council goes through. And, um, you know, I, before I even ran for this office, I had a nonprofit that was focused on parents coming out and testifying in support of um, paying our teachers so that we could keep them and retain them here. Um, So keeping that in mind, going into this budget, when an opportunity presented itself to move just $110,000 from one pot of money in the school board's budget to salaries and wages, I introduced that amendment and it passed with bipartisan support. Um, the way that the, the school system budget works, it's it's 13 state categories. So moved it from instructional uh, materials to salaries and wages. But where the majority of the amendments that I introduced either by myself or with my colleagues was cutting what we thought was not necessary right now because we're we're still getting federal money federal Mm -hmm. stimulus money and we will for the next three and a half years or two and a half years once this budget is said and done it concerns me to continue to load and spend and grow when we still don't know what the economic outlook is going to be when all of the federal assistance goes away and we are getting red flags waved at us by economists by you know people who study this so I wanted it to be a little more conservative. Um, it came down to $8 million in revenue that this budget is getting by increasing over the constant yield. That's your property tax rate assessment. The constant yield is the level that um, you are charged to keep revenue in the county the same. This budget goes above that for homeowners on their um, tax payments to raise an additional $8 million in revenue. So that tells me we have in this budget we're spending $8 million that we need more money from you to spend. So that raises a red flag. And then last year's budget created a $25 million deficit. In this budget, we've only lowered that by $5 million. So it's the spending rate with the deficit. So all of these things come into play when I make a decision. Um, I'm thrilled that the amendment passed for the teacher salaries and wages, but I can't just make a vote based on one part of I have to take it in totality,
0: so let me ask you. so on the other side of things, they said there was actually a surplus from last year's budget because of the federal money. Was that the case or no?
1: So there was a surplus in there was unexpected revenue, one hundred and fourteen million dollars, and that was from the salary freeze. Okay. We did not hire anybody. We kept the positions there, so the money was there, but we didn't um hire anyone. They have said that that money is going to be used or is being used on one-time, um, one-time investments. Let me that, ask
0: you. Yes. So, well, let me ask you this: because in my, we were all here when two thousand eight and two thousand nine happened. Yep. We know econ- the economy comes and goes in cycles. Correct. We are in the breadth of mm. a upswing, yep. or maybe we we're close to the top of that upswing. If there was that big of a surplus in one year, why not Why not be thankful for the gift and sock it away?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So that way, next time there is a 2008 or 2009, we don't have to cut down to one trash day. Or zero trash days. Or zero trash yeah right. it, it, It's one of those things like, it's not necessarily a bad thing to take a surplus and kind of sock it away. You know, let the county invest it in like a 2% bond or or mutual fund, whatever they, whatever the County does with their excess funds, put it away in the rainy day fund, like the state did. Right. And when the economic downturn happens and it always will, I mean, it's been happening for 80 something years or more than that, where there are cycles, there's upswings and downswings. And when there's a downswing, what always happens is because everyone took the money and spent surpluses. I I believe it happened when uh, Bill Clinton and um, Newt Gingrich, they I believe mm-hmm. they came to a compromise budget, there was a surplus, and I think they spent it. Yep. And when the economy kinda of went down in the nineties when the bubble when the, uh, the tech bubble collapsed, they were they had to finance more money so they have it for the budget. Well, right. we're a county. You know, could we put out some bonds? Sure. But if we have a hundred and fourteen million dollar windfall, rather than spend it in this next fiscal year budget, why not put it aside? Especially if you can still increase the budget two percent according to that affordability commission. Right. You still have more money, you can still get your teachers caught up, you can still get all your, your school people caught up, but maybe we're not putting money into some of that extra fluff or extra things that maybe are a little more partisan than other things. And sock that hundred and fourteen million away. Yep. Because when this right now we all see our home values skyrocketing right now. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to last forever. No, and, and, and when knows they if back that's down. a bubble too. If that's getting ready to pop, and when, so. it, and when it comes back down, and they reassess your home value for what it's worth, on the downside, and the county gets less tax revenue, and well, we got 114 million in the bank,
1: right? And it it just boils down to completely different philosophies on how to approach budgets. Um, if if it had not been for the CARES stimulus bill passing and the, the bill that followed we would have been so underwater in this county, we would have had to empty our rainy day account um, and the conting- contingency fund. And when you go through that, you have nothing left. Um, so, I mean, the federal government's not always going to, or I hope is always going right. to come and bail us out.
0: Well, right, yeah. But, yeah. I'm. I'm, And I'm not one of those people that says the government shouldn't be doing things. I, I'm not one of those... I'm, I'm not that far right where I think that. I think the government has its purpose. Right. They're there to help the people that need it, especially. Um, but if you if you have enough money to take care of your people and you have an excess to put it away for when the eventual downturn happens, and I'm, again, I'm not saying it's going to be a collapse. Like 2008, 2009 was a really rare occurrence. Right. It was on the level of the Great Depression. I'm not saying it's going to be on that level, but putting some money aside for that instance where you don't where you can accept less tax revenue from when the, that happens but you won't have to cut anything because you've got the money set aside from the good times right uh, if, it, it allows you to have more of that steady budget versus yep. when the down times come all right garbage your your second garbage day is gone and yeah. you're not eating crabs on a saturday anymore. you're not eating crab <laughs> yeah right you're I not getting those crabs ever. anymore and look in this in this part of the county crabs are a big deal i like my crabs <laughs> i like eating them so you know it, it's just one of those things where you uh, i wish they i wish the the budget pass would have been a little bit more I, I don't want to even say on the conservative side but i wish they would have socked some of that money away for the future but uh, we uh we appreciate you coming by thank you so much for thank this you for having me it was fun i Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we didn't come down too much. Like, a, well, I don't even know what the newscasters of the day are right yeah, now. I hopefully, hopefully either. we didn't come down too hard on you. And I and I think
2: that this is a, a time to, to to thank you for what you're, for, you know, for serving. And it's it's also it goes to show how, I think, oftentimes people don't really consider how important local government is. Mm-hmm. They get wrapped up in presidential politics and Absolutely. maybe an off, uh, you know, a midterm election and they kind of ignore the local stuff when really the stuff that impacts your lives, the, your life the most is the local stuff. They can do whatever they want in the district, in the White House, and in, in Congress, but, you know, does that affect your second trash day? It you doesn't. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, but, and, and people think of it as minor stuff, but it's not. And this is stuff that you have to live with every day. And, and you know, the fact that you, you went out there and ran and were elected, and, um, you know, for, for those out there, like, you know make sure you you stay in tune and and connected with your local
0: affairs because it is what affects your life daily and and we've talked about this with the people online on facebook i'm not on twitter twitter's a garbage show um (laughs) even next door uh but especially on facebook i i really wish people would tone down um their vitriol um I feel like uh, I've told Mike the. For anyone who hasn't seen the social dilemma, oh yes, it's a very interesting documentary or movie. I don't know what you want to call it, on how social media can affect people, um, and what the social media companies are doing to make you to push you one way or another without yeah. you even knowing it. So before you make that comment, before you hit that send button, read what you wrote, and delete it. Just delete it. The other person who you're trying to get at is really not going. They're not going to change their opinion because you came at them hard. You you were the you were the keyboard warrior for the day. No one is changing their opinion for you. What is it? Owning the libs, right? Or whatever they say. Right. (laughs) Right. No one. No one. Not to say that no one cares what you think online. Right. But no one. People read your comment. They might get a chuckle out of it. They get their confirmation bias on either side, but it does nothing. And it just makes you look like a horrible person. But with that said, again, thank you to Amanda for coming. You're very welcome. We hope you'll come back next time. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, rate us on all the podcast platforms, and we will see you next time.